Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Ma, 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 ma. To find out what gives them there. Ma, 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 ma. I'm your host, Joshua Boris. All right, that's enough. The mask is so sweaty to breathe into. Uh, joined, as always, by my kind of disco-y, funky, jumpsuited, uh, deformed hockey mask goalie and friend, Alex Dandino. Woo! I love a good coming in hot prop intro. Woo! Boy, you can I see wonder that on what the movie Nerd we're Alchemist talking about YouTube. today. <laughs> yeah! Nerd Alchemist, plural, S at the end on YouTube. You can see my hilarious prop intro comedy. I'm kind of the carrot top of uh, podcast comedies. Truth. Here we go. Today, the birth of an icon, Alex. Friday yep. the 13th, part three. D, D. If you're like me and lucky. Alex, we've been through uh, two Fridays before. This is where we break everything the other Fridays had built to create a new god. Uh, what are your takes? Hit me with your initial thoughts on Friday the 13th, three. Um, to me... Friday the 13th part 3D uh obviously gives us the iconic hockey mask. It gives us the look that we're all familiar with for Jason. Let's Bordy. pause that. What about this just clicked? What about this new Jason? Bigger, stronger. Well, that's a yeah, more like, focused, it less gives human us, mask. It, what it, is it about that that all worked? It gives us this mask that I think we're all familiar with. We all know what a hockey mask looks like. I think though it's the, uh, I think it's the holes. I, I I don't know how to describe this properly, but I'm gonna go with this. The holes. I like in the, the holes with Shia LaBeouf. No, the holes in the <laughs> hockey mask. Like first off, it, it's now officially the first time we've seen both his eyes in a mask. Here, you can look so you can be afraid while you tell me. Well, also, I mean, Griffey, you did it at the top of the show. I mean, it itself is very difficult to breathe in those, so you have to imagine. Like now, when we hear the, it actually is like, well, maybe he's just breathing, and that's how he has to breathe through these holes. But I honestly think because he's just like instead of kill mommy, he's like, I would kill for oxygen. <laughs> I think the hockey mask is so uh, readily found. Like when you think about, like when I think about, like obviously, uh, I mean, Michael Myers is a great example. That Michael Myers mask is a worn out William Shatner mask. Yeah. Kind of difficult to find, though, like as far as that kind of goes, like that wasn't like a readily found mask uh, in a previous life or anything. The hockey mask is easy to find. So what's scary about it is Jason could be anybody. That's what's scary about it. There's only I think that's the point I hit on. Right. Because there's the obvious imagery of maybe he's just blocking the nets of heaven. Right. And murdering you to hell. <laughs> really corny thing that I was I spent a lot of time writing on this like. And I was like, wow, Griff, you're really just so like glad you didn't start with that. Yeah. Even though I just said it out loud. So welcome to my butthole. This is where <laughs> we live. But uh, what I thought it was is I think it's the the lifelessness of it. Right. As yeah. you were saying, even the burlap sack, which, you know, most people have some uh, chagrin for the burlap sack. The way they deploy the burlap sack actually is very humanizing right we yeah. can project a lot of emotion and sympathy and humanity onto that sack right the hockey mask gives us none of that the, hockey the mask weirdest part of the hockey mask to me besides it does just look cool right it's just it's a visual that works who knows why but it does turn jason now into this faceless killing automaton right the weirdest part of the origin of the hockey mask is how he gets it uh shelly 
Todd Phillips' favorite character of all time. (laughs) (laughs) He uses the hockey mask in a prank. Right. But a weird scuba prank. So Shelly in his box, or his whole world as he calls it, has an entire scuba suit and a working harpoon gun. But not the breathing apparatus. I, I also, Why is he scuba underwater in a hockey mask? And that's what gets it to Jason. It's it's one of those things that it feels like they must have had a scuba mask and been like, well, that sucks. We don't want to see Jason in a scuba mask. They're like, what's like a mask? Uh, it feels like maybe this was, this is my question to you. Is this one of those happy accidents? Do you think this was the whole idea was just, we need some kind of mask. And they just shoehorned this in, and it just happened to be pure magic, like a lightning bolt from the heavens. Uh, I think it. I mean, I think as it comes with all great stuff, like I've I've read about this actually. I actually read uh, I read the Wikipedia article about how this mask came to light, and it actually originally was um uh during a lighting check. <laughs> That's sort of like the really? main thing. Yeah. Uh, it says the story on Wikipedia is that um the decision to dress Jason Voorhees, and I'm quoting. In his now signature hockey mask occurred, occurred during a lighting check on set. The film's 3D effects supervisor was a hockey fan and supplied a Detroit Red Wings goaltender mask to Miner. I've heard that part, yeah. That it was his mask, but I didn't know. So this isn't something they had written in. Like, this wasn't an important part of what no, they No, no, no. This was like... Happy accident. Yeah, happy accident, for sure. I'm, but they also had to remake the mask because the original mask was too small. So they actually had to, like, right. mold it to his face. And then they well, put the yeah, re- this was the birth of the gigantic Jason now. Right. Jason and they also now put- is enormous. Also, those uh, <laughs> the red triangles were uh, added for effect. Yeah, I love the red. God, it's just, it's one of those things, and this just happens, right? Like, holding this in my hand right here, looking at it, there's just so much happening in my brain when I you think- see it. It's, it's fascinating to me when something so, sim- like you said, it's just a household thing. This hockey fan just happened to have one nearby. Now look at the fucking totem this has become and what this means and represents in our world. I mean, I think it's, it's the fear fascinating. of it's the fear of hollowness, I think is what's really at the heart of it. Like when you look into that hockey mask, you see through it. The fear comes from the fact that you can ascribe any fear you have to what's behind that mask. That's really kind of like what's significant about great horror totems is that you can really 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 give them give like you give them their own power like that's the important thing about horror totems they have their own power just like freddy you know fedora wasn't scary until fucking freddy put it on part of the day i still think i owned a fedora man i felt really bad about myself (laughs) i went to a ufc fight once and i actually had a fedora bet with another guy i think it was the darkest chapter of my life (laughs) it was really bad it was in my 20s i was drinking a lot of time uh, you guys can hit me up on the Film Alchemist DMs to ask about the Fedora story if you ever want it. I'm sure I've told it on one of our 8 million podcasts we do. Uh, yeah, I think it's the the facelessness, right? And this is the something that I've noticed in all of the Friday the 13th, right? And I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time just taking shots at the 3D, right? No. It was a gimmick. It was used as a marketing trick. I don't think the 3D adds any value to the movie. Look. Other than maybe two kills, which are really fun. But this is the thing. I feel like what this movie suffers from, because it's so funny, because I've always had this really high on my list. On this viewing, I have to knock part three down a hair, right? 
other than the iconography of Jason and him getting his mask, and I think Shelly's one of the best characters we've had in a Friday movie, I think, and the kills are fucking spectacular in this movie. Right. This is where we turn to now Jason becomes murder porn, where we're just more excited to see how he dispatches teams right. than, you know, this actually is, doing a story. Right. This is now rooting for the villain, which I think is a really important yeah. thing about any, like, horror franchise, uh, like... The three main ones are obviously Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and Jason. I think Michael Myers, your most Michael Myers movies for me, I'm still rooting for people to survive. Except like once we get into the 2000s, I'm like, oh, kill those fuckers! Like once we get to no, it, when he fought Buster Rhymes, I've never felt more love and endearment towards a character. Yeah, exactly. I think that, um, but that's like the thing. Like we're starting to careen into the territory of now. I want the guy. I want to see what he's gonna do to these kids. Because, like, this yeah. really has this, like, kind of haunted house effect. Because, basically, it's just, like, a lake house thing. Um, which is cool. And I like that. I think it's fun. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, we're getting more into the... We're getting more into, like, what we talked about with the first one, which is the POV stuff, which is pretty much absent right. from this movie. But one the POV shot. I actually... I really paid attention. There's one POV, and it's only used for a cheat. Right. Right. They use it uh, to trick uh, the main girl. Uh, I forget her name in this movie. They use it as a trick. Her boyfriend is the POV. Right. And when she comes in, he scares her. And it's immediately letting you know that is done. Yeah. Right. And I think, honestly, that hurts this film. Because I think one of the brilliance we talked about in the first two is the the extra psychological character work that is happening with that POV I think it's a really important thing that this series begins to lose at this phase. It is because we're now getting into the, Hey, he's about to just do these awesome kills. Like get ready. And I mean, this is also like, not only is he now right. in the hockey mask, but he's also mainly carrying around the machete and finding all these other like crazy things to kill people with. So like in the originals, it was just, it was a knife. Like it was a knife with uh, Pamela Voorhees. And then later there on, was some, as, yeah, there was some things, arrows and whatever. sure, like there was some, you know, I'm not saying that again, Pamela the, Voorhees definitely had a Rambo training montage again. The, sure. Vo the Voorhees definitely are the Banksy of the horror world, you know, for like their awesome, dis <laughs> their very awesome displays. But like at the Is end that of a Banksy's, the, no, it's a Voorhees. No, it's a Voorhees. Rare. Come on. Um, you can tell by yeah, the red palettes. We're much more in this system of, and again, like. It's interesting because we talk about this with a lot of like movies now, like especially probably around the time of Avatar when the first Avatar came out, which now is like 10 years ago. Um, all of a sudden, every movie came out in 3D. Every movie had to be 3D. Every movie was coming out. Oh, you can see it in 3D if you want. It always is kind of a gimmick and it always works that way. And like there's really other than honestly, James Cameron, no one has really championed it as anything other than that. Like, but what I love about the way this happens in Friday the 13th 3D is I like the gimmick. Like the gimmick for me works here because they know it's a gimmick. Like that spear gun thing, that is like right. There are two moments that it works spectacularly. It's the spear gun and the eyeballs exploding out of the face. Oh my Those god, yes. That's but, but that's what I mean. Most of it is Oh, I better pick up this laundry line, and they're just pointing a stick at you. Right. You know, oh, we're juggling. It's like, come on, guys. Like, use it for the murders, I get. But, you know, neither here nor there. I don't care that much about the 3D. No, but no. The loss of POV is what re 
right? right. I'm not worried about seeing things in three dimension. I'm worried that the movie becomes a little two dimensional without my POV. Very nice. But no, you're right you're though. Welcome. Like you're I welcome. think when we're going to start, when we're, when we're starting to take away what I think are great narrative devices, and then we're not yeah. only using them for a fake out, but also just taking them away entirely. I think that's when we're in a situation where these movies start to become more about formula and more about, oh, let's not push the envelope as much as we had. Like the one thing that this movie has going for it still actually is, uh, again, the final girl, Chris. Um, they always seem to figure out the final girl. Like these first two for yeah. me are the ones where the final girl is very important and also very interesting and very worth worth noting. Like obviously Jenny's my favorite. Jenny was into psychiatry so she wanted to trick jason like play jason at his own game you know this one is interesting and i was reading a little more about it in that um chris has suffered some sort of childhood trauma or some sort of sexual assault trauma so right like that makes her prone to less intimate interactions and so on and so forth so like her vulnerability by rules of horror is much lower which makes her a much more right. interesting final girl and a much more interesting person to focus on. Let me ask you this, because that's, that's a big question of the movie, is Chris's nightmare, right? I'll never forget that face. Uh, Jason is in the woods, drags her out, and then she just wakes up in her own bed. Right. Was that actually Jason? Did she actually have a meeting with Jason? Uh. Obviously, yeah. I mean the way I, mean, I look at it is obviously not. I mean the way that I it, think uh, the way that it's from they were the, out there right after a date with the guy right, right. Uh, who's obviously not very supportive of her trouble because I think early he's like let's fuck she's like no yeah. he's like I can only take so many cold showers no I mean and it's like I, wow okay piece of shit <laughs> no I mean I really think that this is like. This is her interpretation of the trauma, you know, like this is our way. Of, it has a very Bev and her dad thing, right? Yeah. I mean, like, are you still my little girl? Well, yeah. I mean, like to me, there's a lot of, you know, the extra part though, this, let me run this by you. The extra part that kind of set me off on, oh dude, did her dad assault her and this and that was, she said, this was the first time my mom ever struck me. Right. Is this the mom? being just a terrible parent and you have seduced your father, my husband, you know, these kind right. of things get well, really I mean, that's messy like, and sickening. That's like sort of the inversion of Jason. Like Chris does not have a great relationship with her mother and Chris's relationship with her mother is very strained from that perspective. So like the inversion right. and the dichotomy of Chris versus Jason makes it very, uh, makes her a much less vulnerable character. I think in the eyes of what we would traditionally call horror rules, but particularly for the Friday the 13th series, because mothers play such a huge factor in how these stories work and how these stories are right. uh, compelling. So I think if you um, if you look at this movie from that perspective, part three is actually very interesting in that he's the first time he's against someone who maybe does not have, share the same value set as Jason does. That's interesting. Yeah. Plus, she's already showed down a monster, right? This isn't her first time being a last girl, as it were. Right. I like I, that. I mean, I yeah, think I think the thing, and it's it's hard too because I think it would be fun if they had ran that more with Jason, right? Right. Because this one, the way they shoot it, Jason is always looming in the background of shots, yeah. seeing kids. So we're almost setting it up as you know, like these baking videos my wife watches, where it's like, oh, look at this fucking food. You want to eat this fucking food? You want to eat that food? Yeah. It's just a chef like making you know goblin dangly cupcakes with whatever. 
And it's just like, ooh, yeah, you want to eat that. That's this whole movie, right? Is, oh, we want Jason to kill that. Right, right. And it, it, it loses a lot, right? There's no, there's no personal bonding with Jason anymore. And I think he suffers. And like you said, for Chris to have this really powerful backstory of abuse, right? And then her trying to cope with it in a place where it, you know, triggers all of these old flashbacks it would be interesting to see jason also a survivor of a lot of trauma have to run parallel right yeah like the two reactions to something like that does it break you and you know harden you into a monstrous form or right. do you well try to be like chris and still stay the course right well i mean this is something yeah, we talk he, about jason just becomes too bland to me man well yeah i mean jason again like Another great example, again, the way he shot is so specific in this movie to how we end up reacting to him. Like, God, dude, the spear gun thing is probably the best example of this. He's shot from afar. And, I mean, really what they're doing is trying to, like, promote his size and say, look how fucking huge Jason is now. Look how huge he is with that scary mask and everything. But, like, you lose that so much because you're not in his mindset. Like, if I was looking down from Jason's POV and staring down that girl before I fired a spear gun into her face, I'd probably be a lot more terrified and probably be a lot more interesting to watch too. But because we're now in only the victim's um, frame of frame of reference, we sort of lose this um, sort of like, I don't want to put it this way, but it's kind of the only way to put it. This sort of wish fulfillment that we all have as viewers is like, Oh man, what if I was that powerful? Like, that's what I think is, lost here and that's what makes i think yeah part three kind of a blander version of all of them is that this like it and it's not again it's not the 3d it's the story has taken a back seat to the kills and to the character right well i was gonna say maybe maybe it's what you said but i feel almost the inverse right where now this movie only becomes wish fulfillment oh yeah right absolutely. which is now that jason there's no personal bond to jason at all or his kind of no character or struggle right there's no jenny saying what's going on all it is is here are some kids doing kid stupid things right let's fuck at the lake hey let's go in the barn and jason's watching now we see jason watching through windows multiple times right instead of a pov looking through the window at the kids right so now it's here's our fun here is Jason, and we're just waiting for that kill. We're not interested yeah. in why any of this is happening anymore. Right. Well, And I do wonder, Friday the 13th 3 is an interesting case study in. Had they not found the mask, had they not had such awesome kills, is this the movie that kind of kills us on Friday? Right? I think it's oh, one of those. Yeah. It's, well, it's a little bit spins its wheels. It has some really good characters, too. This is one of the best kind of character flicks in the Friday movies to me. But if they hadn't had such lightning in a bottle with that last 30-ish minutes, right? Minus the last 15 of him versus only uh, the girl. If they hadn't had that stretch of mask, holy shit, that's awesome. Oh, fucking murder. Oh, oh. Like if that hadn't hit so hard, I do wonder what would have happened to this series going forward. It feels like... Well, they had kind of forsaken the things that made it great, but then they happened upon some really cool stuff that just well, changes the franchise. I think what they did was they happened upon iconography, and that's what makes it yeah. that much better. So that's what that's what helps it survive. Because I really think past Jason in a hockey mask and like his official look, I think past that you're kind of running on fumes in general with this whole whole thing. What I really think is fascinating 
is the original idea for this movie and how it was shit canned because uh, Amy Steele didn't want to come back and do the do be Jenny again. Because originally this was supposed to follow Jenny. And this whole thing was supposed to focus on her post trauma and her like going to college or her like there was another ver- there was another scenario of this where uh, they had written her like in a um, she was like in a mental hospital and she eventually tracks him down and they have their final confrontation. This was also supposed to be like the end of a trilogy. This was supposed to be the end of the story, right? Which is why I right. think like that it, that final yeah. shot of like Jason in the barn and like the lake and all that kind of shit like that's why that whole thing is very like peaceful kind of is that this is supposed to be the yeah. end be the end of the Jason Voorhees story, but when you create iconography in the third fucking movie of a series, you're not gonna get away with making only three of these like that just doesn't happen. It's insane. How does it work that this is the one right short of like Hellraiser three was very important. Right. Because that brought back Pinhead and the Hell on Earth concept. Nightmare 3 was also very important. Right. Because that brought, you know, us to the Dream Warriors, right? Halloween 3 is not even in the same <laughs> series. So part 3s are all kind of lightning rods. And honestly, my theory is, is that the POV disappears because of the difficulty of the 3D. Right? You, If you read sure. on this movie, it's all about how fucking hard that was. Right. And it's, it's a weird... It's just a weird version because it, it feels like it has the potentials of all of the best things of the first three, right? Sure. I think Shelly is a wildly interesting character. Again, Todd Phillips porn, as I will call Shelly. Uh, I hate Shelly. He annoys the fuck out of me. But it's a fairly interesting extra level because they did it in part two with our friend in the wheelchair. Right. And this one they take and they say, what if we have the kid who doesn't fit in with the group? Right? I can't go skinny dipping. I'm not skinny enough. Oh, I'll try to scare you with knives and harpoons to make you love me. Right. Um, you know, there's some real moments where Shelly is going against the grain of a normal, you know, high school, college age, you know, fuck machine boy. Right. Which I think is really fun. I mean, Shelly has become, I would say he's probably a top five character in the Friday series. If you ask anyone who likes these movies about Shelly, they all remember him. Right. Right? And a lot of it's because he's elicited so much rage and hate from us. He's super annoying. Sure. And he he does have the problem of he's just like, well, you're a girl. I'm a boy. We're entitled to fuck. Let's go. I juggled for you. Come on. (laughs) It's it's not the best. Yeah. It's not the best. But I do think Shelly's journey is fun. Like Shelly and the bikers, that keeps me interested enough while the movie is somewhat lagging. Yeah. Right. That part's really important. Yeah. No, I look, I look, the biker kills are fun. Like, again, it's like it borders. It starts getting into sort of just this prop stuff, like where we're just at the point where it's like, well, how cool can we make this look? And that like that happens in this movie. They keep trying to almost implant what I think is probably like the Jenny effect with uh, Chris's stuff into this movie. But it just gets it takes such a backseat that I kind of just like all of it sort of bleeds together for me. Like, look, not to say that some of these kills are not awesome. Like Andy getting fucking bisected, like literally getting chopped in half is fucking hilarious. Like that is some funny Dude, shit. That Sorry. is one of my all time favorite Friday kills because again, it does what Friday does perfectly. You've given him a quirk. We've seen him hand walk yeah. a bunch of times. It's great. When he looks up and Jason cuts him in half, it's a brilliant use of that character's trait to forge creativity and how Jason again Absolutely. it's a simple kill it's a slash it's a kill it's a simple right? slasher kill but it becomes so much more memorable because of how he slashes him right not yeah. how he slashes but how 
again, the it's like prepares himself for slashing. Again, where it's it's the same. It's the same as the uh, the double the spear kill in part two. Like it's using the thing yes. that the, it's using the thing they like against them. It's the so wheelchair like, rolling down the stairs. It's just brilliant. Exactly. It's, it's amazing. Brilliant. It's it's this and wonderful then the cutaway when he's against. above the hammock. Oh, oh my when god! His corpse is up above the hammock. I had to pause that and just stare at that frame to be like, what am I looking at? <laughs> there are parts everywhere. I need to see this. It's awesome. Dude, that, that one is really. That but that's ha- what I mean. This movie has really good kills. That hammock is amazing. That hammock and kill it has is so the mask. good. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's what no, I think. The hippie kill, not my favorite. I'm trying to think of what the best kills were. The eyeballs popping out is number one. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite. Like that's like Pleasing also one the of those head things. Three D eyeballs exploding out. That's number one. Come on, handstand man. number two, harpoon to the eye Spear number three. Spear gun number three. I mean, those are really the. You know top. which one really was unsettling to me that bothered me was when he's just clubbing the uh, black biker to death. Yeah, that which happens great. twice because he's clubbing the shit out of this guy at the start, and you're like, oh god, that's brutal. His brains are being smacked, and it just sits on him, right? Yeah. It just sits on him, and it's so simple. It's like he doesn't even think twice about it, right? Yeah. And then later, the guy has apparently been alive and doesn't flee. He's just like, I'm going to wait for my chance. And picks the worst moment to attack and rage Jason and gets his head beat in again. Twice. Oh, I mean, that, that one got me. Those are kind of my top kills. I mean, such Here's ten- a, an interesting moment for you. Why did they not sh- show Shelly's kill on screen? Mm. they decide to give us that he shows up with his throat slashed and it's the uh little bro little boy who cried suicide thing right they're like oh no one believes shelly's dead right you know in the stoner cabin well that's those two would be the most attentive anywho well that's why but is that is good i mean come on of all the horror movie characters you want to see get it i think shelly's gotta be in i mean yeah shelly's in but i think it's the gag of he already it's the gag of crying wolf like that's the reason not to do it honestly like from a storytelling standpoint you've already done it once so you want to like actually trick people this time like there's but i mean it's not used to a good effect because he's already in the cabin murdering uh cheech downstairs right with electricity sure (laughs) so there's not even a chance for them to catch the warning of shelly and be like hmm did you ignore this to his own peril did you call him cheech yeah stoner boy right I love the introduction of those guys, too, where it's like, our van is on fire. And it's like, not that I'm the world's greatest stoner, right? Right. But I was like, that's a fuckload of marijuana smoke for worst, the three minutes we haven't been in that van. <laughs> worst stoners ever. But, yeah, I, I mean, like. Well, also, it's like, were they in the van already? Did they just crawl in the van? There's a lot of questions I have at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think what I think what part three suffers from is that they had to rewrite the entire thing and they had to redo yeah. Well, the reason it survives though is because it shifts the focus entirely to you're rooting against the people that are trying to survive this movie. Like that is like really like the first time in a movie I remember doing that. Um, like this is, I think I saw this when I was like, this is one of those like great, like when AMC used to just like do horror movies all through the month of October. Yes. This is one of those ones I just caught yes. like li- really late at night. This is one of the first times I think really probably, and you think about it, 1982, you probably were rooting for Jason as a, because like there's also very yeah. little Pamela Voorhees going on here. This might be one of the first times like, no, but that's what I mean. We're all the way pulled out of Jason we're in this. So movie. gone from Jason. 
what they did is they gave us bikers who we don't like, right? They're kind of mugging them. When Shelly runs over the bike, that's the only moment of decency from him in the whole movie, we feel like. Right, right. But then the bikers show up to siphon gas. That's their revenge. And there's, I promise no one will get hurt. So there's an extra layer of what's going on with them, but not enough to make us sad when they start getting murdered. Right. Right. So the bikers are bad. Shelly's bad. The rest of them, they're just kind of there. They're like bland. Let's have sex. The, the boyfriend who gets his eyeballs popped out is just trying to encourage his traumatized girlfriend to fuck more because yeah. he hates cold showers. Again, we're all so you, like. There's no there's no decency. In there's these no decency. The, like Chris this is, was the shift, right? Yeah. What if Jason becomes front and center and it necessarily changes the way we, we interact with these movies? Because there's no more I have to sit in my brain and be like, all right, so I'm a mother of a grieving child looking through a window at teenagers who have nothing to do with it, living a happy life. Right. What is happening in Mrs. Voorhees' head that it's time to slaughter? Right? Same with Jason. Like, that could have been me. I could be that age. They took me. They took my mom. There's there's things that you have to ponder as an audience. Now we're like, no. Right. No, you don't. Right? And it. It's it's interesting. I oh the one thing we forgot to talk about. I love the cold open of this movie too. Oh, it's great with the the sad uh, convenience store clerk. Yeah, yeah, it's so this guy. I feel so bad for him. This poor right? guy. Like one, he's <laughs> he, he deserves it. his death. Obviously, right? Because there are two things you he know did? he deserves his death. Oh wait, of course yeah, he you're deserves right. it. One, he's letting rabbits eat the fucking produce. Doesn't take the produce. Very out. uncool. He drinks right. out of the bottle. He eats the donuts. So either he has no customers or the customers he does has, he doesn't care giving them disease. You feel bad because his wife comes out. She's like, you fat fuck, stop eating all the food. And he's just like, all right. You're like, wow, this guy's a very browbeaten, sad man. His existence is pretty bad. The scene we cut to, though, is he gets scared by a snake that's murdered all of his funny, his bunny friends, right? So scared he has to go take just a loose bathroom disgusting spray sound effects, right? Doesn't flush, doesn't wipe, gets up to investigate the sound. So I was like, this guy is such a mess, such a slovenly mess. It's the first time in the Friday series that I was like, I think his death is a mercy. <laughs> yes. The first time in three movies, first I was like, time in this three guy's movies, better like, off. This guy deserves it. He he yeah. he hasn't done anything wrong. He just deserves a wonder, deserves a glorious death for us all to watch. He's on the toilet, and they put so many bad, loose bathroom sound effects in. He's drinking whiskey on the shitter, right? Doesn't wipe, pulls up his underwear, walks about. <laughs> this guy is so beaten in life. He's not even concerned at all <laughs> with anything going on around him. <laughs> I was just like, you know what, dude? Your time has come. <laughs> what is the trajectory of that guy's life, right? Terrible. I mean, he just lives long enough to become his own Jason Voorhees, yes. right? He saw a snake kill his bunnies and now he becomes a murderer. Jason mercy killed. That is the first mercy kill in this entire series. I was an all the way mercy kill, man. Yeah, I think that's the funny thing, right? Because I love the opening. I really liked Shelly. Again, I hate Shelly, but you love to hate him. It's an interesting look. The showdown with the bikers was kind of some fun and fun and games. But the rest of the, the teenage cast essentially disappears. Jason erupts in the hockey mask and your your lizard brain reacts. Right. We get some awesome murders. The final showdown with him and Chris, 
it's funny because, again, Friday is helping develop so many of these tropes that are now boring to us. But the van running out of gas, you know, as it's going through, I just found myself super bored for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, like, it's the one of the it's the one where I'm like, I got to. It's one of those ones where I'm just like, I have no reason to watch. Like, I, I'm, I'm sitting there at the end, like, and again, I'm sitting there and I should be like totally invested in Chris. who's like had this horrible, like had this horrible trauma in her life. But I'm like, can she just do this and we can be done with it? Like, God damn. Like, well, also, you're like, Chris, can you just run instead of waiting to hit him in the back of the head five times? Yeah. Just get just the fuck fucking out of there. Run. It. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. Like why she thinks she she just keeps doing it it's like five times the one thing they snuck in on this ending that i adored was i liked that she climbed up in the rafters and our only true pov shot is chris surveying jason yes right and this is now that jason's front and center we've seen him as a killing machine this is a moment of watching the psychological shift of jason when he's searching for her in the barn it's so madcap and destructive yeah yeah that it changes now to where instead of it's this kind of shadowy killer thing, we spend what feels like two to three minutes just watching Jason in this animalistic frenzy. And it's super bright, shockingly well lit, above feed. So Jason looks kind of small and almost, you know, under glass, as it were. Right. It's a really cool shot that then ends in her like death from above and just does like a drop kick on his ass. <laughs> Which is just awful. Yeah. Just awful. And then she hits him with a log or a shovel, nooses his ass. But that leads us to the cool Jason lifting himself off the noose. Yeah. Pretty sweet. But again, it gets into this. If he can lift himself off a noose, why did the axe do it? It just starts to get a little It's a little loose at the it's end a little for me. Cartoony. Because yeah. it, it's one of those things that you don't like in a horror movie, especially where they haven't done the work to give to really make me care much about the killer or the final girl to where I'm like, I literally just looked on my display on my Blu-ray and you're like, well, all right, we got 15 minutes. Guess we got to fight a little bit, right, you know, right. That, that was it. I was just, I just found myself way uninterested. And then of course they do their return of the King ending again, have to do it. And this time it was Mrs. Voorhees corpse jumping out of the water. Yes. Which looked super cool, but, but I was kind of like, eh. what, what purpose is this serving? We're just doing we this. We do know that Jason can come back as a, a zombie. Right. But it, it's one of those, while the first two final images they had before the false ending were fantastic and stunning. Right. This one felt like, now we're just doing things. Now we're just. And then it ends on Chris kind of driving away. <laughs> or like, oh, all right, she's crazy pants and Jason's right. dead in the barn. It just felt falls a little flat at the end. Doesn't do it for me. Did, Which is so funny because I've always held this as one of the top two or three Fridays for me. No, On this viewing, I have to knock it down. I don't yeah. think it makes my top half anymore. It just doesn't It doesn't have the same – there's not a lot going on besides – again, I really think taking it out of Jason's hands and making him the focal point from a viewer perspective is what changes this dramatically. Right, and as we see That's by right. part four, right? Part four is one of my favorites for sure. And the yeah. later, after four, you know, kind of like in the five, six, especially through nine, now we're in Jason as this supernatural ghoul right. version, right? It's it's almost a different series in a way. 
But what they realized, too, is after this one, they struck gold with the iconography and Jason being front and center. Those are the movies they want to make now. And we love those movies, and they're super fun. But what I think in the transition of part three is, if you want to do that, Jason must be more omnipresent and vicious, right? It feels like they're still stuck between the two series. Right. Which is, we're not in his head, but we are going to give you some old over the shoulders. Yeah. But it's just that little extra five feet back changes the entire way we view these murders, right? It's so much less interesting and personal. This movie almost has like a 70s made-for-TV horror feel to me, which is funny. Totally. But then by part four, they're like, now we know what we want, which is badass murder Jason. And it felt like that's when they really hit the stride of what the series went on to. Yeah. So I think to me, this movie has really good characters, if not all the way utilized. It has really good kills, right? This is the the template now where they're like, those kills are awesome. Let's do that all the time. Right. Which I'm thankful for. And again, they just they happened on to this thing that we just could not resist. I do wonder where this series goes without the hockey mask. Oh, I think it dies on the vine, man, for sure. It feels like it would have been on its way out Definitely. to me. And I think we look back fondly because once we got the hockey mask and the fun kills, because it's hard to separate yourself now from the first time watching these, right? Going back now, I'm like, look, it's my first Jason and the kills are good. You don't care as much about what the rest of the movie's doing. Right. But on a first viewing, I do feel like this one, had they not gotten to the mask, because they even take it off of him at the end. They go back to the deformed face, which is, it's weird that that is so unimpactful. Yeah. You know, I think I think this is the kind of in-between movie. I was surprised that I had to drop it down my rankings after this viewing. It's not as good. Not as good. But again, like pizza or donuts, man. Every Friday the 13th movie is still pretty awesome. It's all right. You know, what I, that's what snack. I like about these. No, that's what I like about this, right? Even the piece of pizza that's been in, like, your local gas station too long, if you eat it, you're not going to go, bleh, gross. You're just like, that's a little bit less good version of pizza and yeah. crush the rest of it, which exactly. I've done a hundred times. And that's how I think of this one, man. Uh, you know, I and also, I'm just glad to have Jason in my life, man. I'm glad. That my kids wear this mask around. Just look at this thing. Look at this and do the work of writing in your mind. That's it, guys, for Friday the 13th Part 3. You guys will not be hearing Alex talk Friday the 13th again until Freddy vs. Jason, which I know we are revved up. Yes. Fucking revved up. I don't remember. You're you're not able to do the lighthouse, but you will do Parasite. I'll do Parasite. So you guys will have more Alex in your life. Uh, I'm not sure what the order is, but... Ignore everything I'm saying. Uh, if you like the pod, leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcast app. Share us on your socials, guys. Let us know uh, any movie, no rules, no themes that you would like to hear in December as we stuff your stockings. I got it right the first time ever. Uh, next month, the pod breaks bread. Some really fun movies that involve dinner parties. As always, thanks for listening, guys. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Being an asshole's better than being a nothing. Says the worst life advice from the worst adjusted human being ever in a movie. God bless you, sir.